Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, and this is the H and J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we spoke to Ben Littleton, who's an author and journalist, about Ralph Ranick, a man he's got to know pretty well over the years. He's Manchester yeah. United's new interim boss, and he kind of took us inside his mind, didn't he? The way he's thinking around oh, yes. football. He was very, very interesting. Um, Greg Lansdowne joined us, the author of a wonderful new book on the subject of uh, Panini stickers. Always good to see him. Yep. And oh, Todd Macklin brought us some great stories. It's some very good stories this week, sport yeah. today. So some of it Thanksgiving related. We had a chat. We did. You got involved, as you always do. Here it all is. <laughs> Seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy, and, and happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. That's yes. very nice. Yes. Not revealing your age, like oh, all uh, absolutely people from, not. People from Hollywood. <laughs> Far too old, I yeah. think. <laughs> Still, never mind. What can you do? You can't avoid them. Can't. And uh, yes, it wasn't a great result for your lot last night, was it? It wasn't brilliant, <laughs> to say the least, really. Uh, do you know what? I, I don't think I've done this for years. When they scored at the end, I laughed. Yes, I know. I, I was surprised. I didn't know the result. And you, you you did well not to tip the wink to me because no, I, I, I didn't you, I want to tell you it. either way. But and, I, yeah, uh, I mean, it was, I was just, surprised it, when they scored. It that. was so bad; it was comically bad. Um, yeah. So look, we are going to have a chat with um, Paul Jiggins very shortly. So I might probably keep my powder dry on that one because I've got some stuff. Paul's covered Tottenham for years. It's been on his uh, on his patch for the Sun for many years, and he's seen managers come and go. Quite a lot of them, of course, mm. over the years. And the great thing about Conte at the moment is that because his English isn't great, and I think it will, like it was at Chelsea, it got better and better mm. the more he was here, but he's not been here for a while. And he has no filter at all. No. So what he says is exactly what's on his mind, and he can't couch it in a slightly no. more digestible way for <laughs> no. the board. So what he basically... I doubt whether he'd do that in Italian, to be really no, honest. No, probably not, but just, I mean, he's very early in the job, but the, the line where he said, look, I'm happy to stay. I was thinking, I'm happy to stay. No. Um, and But it was more the stuff around... I can only do so much. It's about ambition. There has to be ambition at the club, you know. And all the analogies he was using, this thing about, you know, the car, you can do this to the car and that to the car, but sometimes that's not enough. It's exactly what Pochettino was saying when he was talking about better furniture. The thing is, I think think sometimes people look at Tottenham, they get seduced by the real estate, and they think, wow, look at that training ground, look at that stadium, the team must be good. They've also got some very good players. They've got a very good front They have a core of good players, but they have a bunch of players there yeah, should the have been depth, moved on lacking in depth should have been Squad moved an age yeah. ago that have got quite mentally and creatively flabby and, and cannot be there for much longer I think we all know they are we'll discuss them 
we're poor at the moment. But there is a big problem there. But basically, because in Daniel Levy's eyes, you know, Tottenham is Hotel California, and he doesn't let players go because I think he worries about what it looks like on paper. If you're going to take what sort of hit are you going to take on Undombele, for example, if you, I mean, you could send him out on loan, but who's going to want to spend? 200 grand a week on his wages and maybe not pick any of them up uh, from our point of view for a bloke that hasn't proved it in the Premier League. Dele Alley, again, who's going to spend 80, 90, 100,000 pounds a week and a loan fee, which I'll take it Tottenham would want, mm. for a guy who's not had a good game for three years? I mean, these <laughs> guys are not going to be easy. They're not going to be easy to get out on loan because of their wages unless Tottenham pick up a big chunk of them. So there's lots of problems, but we'll come on to that with Paul in a moment. On to happier things. You got happier things? I've got Andy? happier things. Oh, good. And uh, I've always loved the double barreled uh, name in football, and uh, he's brilliantly named Ian Dewsbury Hall came on for Leicester. Oh, wow. When he came on for Leicester against Chelsea, something on the Chelsea website said, Oh, yeah, we got married there. It's a lovely place. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. was brilliant. Players that mate. sound like wedding <laughs> venues. Is there, is, there any more than, is there any more than that? I don't know. No. Ian Dewsbury Hall? That's very nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a lovely place. Oh, they got they, married at Gareth they, Hall. Yeah, they. <laughs> They did, they did it. It's going to be. I think we can see beyond halls. I know it's not easy, yeah. but uh, what was Dewsbury Hall like? It was they. Oh, they, they laid on. We had bacon sandwiches at midnight. Firework display. They couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. They couldn't have been nicer at Dewsbury Hall. Definitely not. And uh, so anyway, let's set that talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to T S H and J. And Novak Djokovic may miss the Australian Open because he named Novak's. Djokovic. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? It could and Joanna Conta may miss the uh, Australian Open for the same reason. I don't know how we'll survive without a first round exit. Mm. Yes, that's right. You see, they've soon turned on her now. Emma's come along. Oh, yes, it's all Emma, Emma this now. and Emma that. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> Joanna, she can do one by the sound of it, Andy. And they're about to trial the it's the Qatar Cup next week. I can't wait. Yeah. And uh, they're they're going what to trial. It? It's a football tournament oh, in Qatar, I think, to test the stadium. Oh, so it's like the like the con- sort of confederations yeah, that yeah. they've always done in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're going to try an automatic offside. And I was thinking about this. What is the point of it? What it does is it, it alerts the assistant, not the assistant, the assistant. Uh, yeah. It alerts the assistant mm. to the fact that there's been an offside and then he has to decide whether the player is interfering with play. So what's the point when we've got VAR already? I can't see how this is going is to this work. The, is this the kind this of helps. robo-lino thing they're talking yeah. about? So they're going to test it there. They're going to test it next week. So it won't be like a watch system. It won't take it out of the hands of, of the lino. No, because it can't decide. It can only decide the line. It can't decide whether somebody was interfering with play. Well, that's just a, an extra layer of nonsense. Well, it, it is. That's exactly what I'm saying to you. It's an extra yeah. layer of nonsense. And if you say, if we've got VAR, <laughs> why aren't they looking at that? Why, you know, they don't need that particularly. We don't need to. Yeah. That's strange, isn't it? So what will it do? Will it will it be like an audible? How, how will it work? Yeah, just, it, exactly as I say. It just lets the, the assistant know that there's been an offside. And then he has to decide, I can't think that it's going to be helpful at all. And you're still going to have to review it on VAR anyway. Uh, Tonight's Euro Millions jackpot. And it would be great for you to win it because it's 137 million. You could, you know, 
keep a little bit for yourself and pass the rest on for Tottenham yeah. by a few players. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm after last night, I'm very keen to invest in my club, really. <laughs> the, uh, the, they've it, been sending me emails today, go and spend money in the club shop. I think they've got some brass. <laughs> they after have, last really. night, yeah. yeah. Wear your colours. Not well, the best day for it. The email said something like, wear your colours with pride. <laughs> What's that? They didn't last night. No, not that, at that all. 11. So why am I expected to do it at my expense? And uh, Camelot's um, winner's advisor, Andy Carter, has said, players are urged to get their tickets early to be in with a chance. What difference does it make? As long as you get your ticket before the draw starts. Yeah. What advantage is there in getting it in early? There isn't. No advantage at all. Don't give you special priority. Oh, he bought his last week. <laughs> Put him to the top of the pile. Well, look, we will drill down in the comments of Antonio Conte after that defeat last night. Their UEFA coefficient, uh, if you were looking for an equivalent in English football, UEFA coefficient would have them uh, as Accrington Stanley or Burton Albion. So Tottenham last night lost to Accrington Stanley uh, uh, away. So there we are. There's some there's some context uh, on it for you, with respect, as we always are duty about to say, to Accrington Stanley, who are a fine club, well run, with a fine chairman. But that's not the point. Tottenham shouldn't be losing well to them. Tottenham shouldn't be losing to them. Uh, I, I nearly got married at uh, David Villa. That's a lovely place in Spain. Lovely, lovely place, yeah. Uh, the, we got married in the Colton in Palmer. Says, no, nice place to go. Thank you, Reese, for that. So maybe it wasn't Ian Dewsbury Hall. We've got more. Talksport.com, text 8 to 89 tweet TSH and J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, we've just been told by uh, it's actually Kian and uh, Dewsbury Hall, not Ian. And we've got Ian know, from. I don't know why. Did you say Ian? I said Ian. I think you prefer the old names to the new names. <laughs> and Adrian Darren. I wrote down ba- Ian, so no, I must have the conversation last night must have said it's Ian. Kian and uh, Dewsbury Kian, Hall. Ian, Adrian was Kian. telling us uh, when he was at Luton on loan last season, I said on game day, uh, Dewsbury Hall with the goal. Pretty sure I saw the Kaiser Chiefs there in the early days. Oh, well oh, done, Adrian. Goodness. <laughs> yes, uh, but um, some people so they got married at uh, Kian and Dewsbury Hall, which they really loved. <laughs> and somebody got married at Simon Church. That was Marcho told <laughs> Fair us that. Enough, really. I got married in my mate Jeff's horse field. <laughs> Says, oh, did you really? So one, one, one of those sort of tent ones. That's Anthony, the West uh, Brom fan, and the best exotic Marigold Hotel. I've opened a new location at the marvellous Nakamba. <laughs> Fabulous. We always we have a marvellous Nakamba. You always do it in the start of Bruce Forsyth for some reason <laughs> a lovely time of year um, I like the anyway. idea of getting married one guy said I got married on the beach at Habby Bay Habby Bay's a lovely place for a reception <laughs> yeah thank you Marcho for that he's, he's on fire at the moment talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSH&J me and the missus says Jake and Eastbourne finally had a wonderful ben- wedding at the beautiful Ashley Barnes the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast so after a long flirtation with English football He's been linked to the England job, the Chelsea job, so many jobs mm. in England. He's long wanted to coach here. Ralph Ranyuk gets his uh, chance at Manchester United in an interim role with a consultancy, uh, you know, bolted onto that. But who knows, maybe if he does a, such a great job, he'll keep the gig. Uh, joining us now is a man who spoke to him extensively for his book, um, Edge, What Business Can Learn From Football. And so I even asked him two years ago what was going wrong at Manchester United. Uh, writing about it today, uh, in the garden is uh, Ben Littleton. Good afternoon, Ben. Hello, chaps. Yeah. So uh, did he say int- it was the manager, the did previous he, manager? Yeah, he said, "Yeah, they got." What? What? Can you kind of praise what he said then? What was wrong at United two years ago? Well, he was very um, diplomatic, I would say, mm. and he spoke about the traditions of the managerial system at United, where because they were so successful under Sir Alex Ferguson, that 
all the power and all the control would be delegated to the one person that was in charge of the team. And he called it a trainer. So it was a head coach, manager, also involved head of recruitment, sporting director. All the power was in the hands of one person. When that person leaves, of course, all that knowledge uh, leaves as well, which is what United have found in the eight years since Alex Ferguson has left the club. Mm. And so looking at how Liverpool, how Manchester City, how other successful clubs in the Premier League have been run, where the head coach's job is to work with the players and improve the players. And then there are other people in the organisation who recruit the players, who look after the academy, who do other areas um, of the performance side of things. They're successful like that. And whenever United changed coach, it would be from one extreme to the other, from Moyes to Giggs, from Giggs to... Van Hal from Van Hal to Mourinho, from Mourinho to Solskjaer. And in a way, they've gone the total opposite again, from Solskjaer to Ranić, mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't have the emotional connection with the club, but is about organisation, process, structure, and crucially, an identity, a playing philosophy, something that United have, have clearly lacked in the last few seasons. He has a lot of very successful disciples, but, you know, his own record, maybe this is to do with the type of clubs he's been able to manage. He, he hasn't actually won anything, has he? <laughs> no, no, he's done well. No, but no, you've, you've no, a be, good point. A lot of people have been that. making it. I mean, you know, a lot of Manchester United fans were turning up their nose at Pochettino because he'd never won anything. And this guy hasn't well, won anything right, effectively. Yeah. Well, po- Pochettino is the obvious example, isn't it? You can only win with the, with the teams you've got. I mean, he took... Offenheim from the third division to seventh in the Bundesliga. He took Leipzig from the second division to the Champions League semi-final. So it's about how you measure success and do you measure it in terms of uh, just a trophy or do you measure it in how you leave a club after you've left and what position that club is in beyond that. And in terms of legacy, certainly at Red Bull and at Hoffenheim, who is still high-performing Bundesliga team, at Red Bull, it's a seamless transition now. Their coaching, succession planning is so organised. Uh, the team has a really clearly identifiable style of play. They know which players will come in. They know which coaches are going to replace the ones in place. And in a way, that I think is more important to United than this appointment as interim manager. I think his work as a the consultancy work, which at the moment it feels a little vague, but that could be more decisive in the long run for Manchester United and more significant and more important than what he does in the next six months. Because in that period, he'll be appointing a new coach. He'll be recruiting players. And already he's been influential in the Premier League. We know uh, he's been an important figure in the um, influence of Tuchel, of Klopp, of Hasenhutl, Mm. three of his protégés already in the Premier League. But four players at Liverpool have come through the Red Bull system. Mane, Firmino... Uh, Joel Matip and Naby Keita, all former Red Bull players. So this sense that if he can sort out the recruitment at United and leave it in a better state than it is now, it could be a a very important role for him. Mm. You talk about recruitment, but they've got a brilliant squad of players. You know, they've been so massively underperforming. It's ridiculous. You know, they have got quality there in their team. They need an identity, don't they? I mean, there is a feeling that it'll give them, you know, they had a very had a real identity under Sir Alex Ferguson. You knew the way that Manchester United would play. But that's that's been lacking since, hasn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. You know, and you know what you're going to get with a Rannick team, which is organization and pressing. 
So what's interesting to me is that Ranić has spoken often about how he likes his teams to press, how he wants them to set up when they've got the ball and when they haven't got the ball, and then how they react in transitions. So as soon as you lose the ball, they want to win the ball back within five seconds, and they want to shoot on goal within 10 seconds of winning the ball back. And all this stuff is trained, uh, practiced, worked really hard on. And so it's not going to be a, qu a question of in the next few weeks, we're going to see United play a totally different way, which will be successful. But there is a sense that this is how he wants them to play and it should work because it's worked before. However, Rannick hasn't sat on the bench as a head coach for two years. Hmm. And you could say that the methods of Klopp, of Tuchel and Hasenhutl uh, have all evolved and changed since they've worked under Ranić. So the challenge for Ranić is to see if he can tweak this general sense of high pressing and, and high tempo vertical football and make it work with this group of players uh, in this current situation where United are seventh in the league and, and have clear targets to achieve. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be a nine-man pressing uh, unit, isn't it? Because he's not going to get Cristiano to. Yeah. He can't. He just can't. Well, that's do going that. to be the intriguing thing. Mm. Did, did he strike you in your conversations when you talked to him about his philosophy as a manager as someone that would indulge a player if they weren't able to play in the way that that he demands? Well, I can't remember what your watershed is for swear words, but he did talk to me um, about um, the mentality and the importance of mentality. Now, we know Ronaldo's got great mentality, but he says the biggest untapped potential lies in the footballer's brain and mentality relates to the effort you put in. So he's demanding so much of his players, but he does say, you know, it doesn't matter how talented a player is. If the mentality is beep, then forget about it. Mm. So he is really going to demand buy-in from the players but I think he'll get that because players at this level want to be taught they want to be coached they're open to improvement and development and some of them might think that hasn't been the case for them in the last few seasons at United so this is a really opportunity for them to improve their their skill set as well mm. did he impress you finally when you I mean you've had a few conversations with him did, did you come away from those impressed if you were a Manchester United fan Ben which I'm not sure whether you are or not but if you were how would how would you be feeling about this appointment based on your conversations with him yeah no I'd be excited Paul I'm not a United fan but I've met him many times in the last eight years and every time I've met him I've come away having learned something new um, inspired in different ways and wishing that my club would have signed him yeah. so I don't know if I can say more than that but I think yeah. it's a good appointment for United. And as I said at the beginning, not so much the next six months, but more for the two years after that will be really setting um, his legacy in place for future success for the club. Wow. So that's mm. some endorsement. Is Edge yeah. still available if the United fans want to read a bit more about him? It is. Uh, the paperback is called Edge Leadership Secrets from Football's Top Thinkers. And uh, it's been something of a, um, well, what's the opposite of a curse, of a Midas touch yeah. for coaches? Because uh, I spoke to Graham Potter before he came to the Premier League, Didier Deschamps before he <laughs> won the World Cup, even Thomas Tuchel before he won the Champions League. So there are lots of secrets from top coaches in the game who revealed all to me in edge. Brilliant. Good Brilliant. to talk to you, Ben. Well, all the best. Ben. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, just for the break, we set you a little trivia question. We asked you who was the oldest outfield player in England's 2002 World Cup Finals squad, the one that went to Japan and Korea. Any ideas, Andy? Bobby Chunk. No, <laughs> no, 2002, I'll give you no, some no. clues. He played for Tottenham, Manchester United, Millwall, 
Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham. Mm. Absolutely right. Well done if you got that right. Uh, for more sports trivia and fun, grab yourself a copy of the new TalkSport Quizbook, available now from Amazon and all good bookstores. And anything else you want to share with the class? Yeah, it's really a very interesting article in the Times. We've talked about this before. The Church yeah. of Maradona. I think it's coming up to Maradona's the anniversary. I think of it was this week. Was it this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it was around this time. And uh, they they went and had a chat with the people from the Church of Maradona in mm. Argentina. We've, we've been, I didn't realise. And they've got this photo of the baptism to get into the church. You have to recreate. The hand of God. Really? Oh, how good is that with the white So you're not, you're not sort of dipped in the font or anything. You, you recreate the hand of God. They're still rubbing it in now, aren't they? I know, yeah, well, they're never yeah. going to let it go, let's be honest. Well, we mentioned uh, Kian and uh, Dewsbury Hall of Leicester earlier on, and uh, Andy was saying what a lovely venue for a wedding. And uh, you've been uh, responding yeah, to that. It was someone else's line, I should Oh, add. OK, yeah. well, that's good of you yeah. to... Uh, yeah. Marcho's back. He said he got married in a cathedral. Yeah, that's I'm rubbish. not sure Mark hasn't quite worked that, <laughs> mate. next week's birthday spread. This is quite a nice one, though. Where's it gone? Uh, yes, uh, Steady Eddie said, in order to propose to my wife of 25 years, I took her to Coventry and asked her to marry me while standing on Trevor Peak. It's a lovely spot, isn't it? It's, it always looks good. In, always looks good in the pictures. Uh, I find that's right. Uh, we had our f- uh, f- wedding photos taken at the very picturesque Wayne Bridge. Yeah. Always yes, always lovely, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Nice yeah. touches there from the <laughs> listeners. Romantics. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet. Uh, T S H and J and uh, I mean I don't know where this one's come from. While shopping in Smith Row, an arcade in Mayfair, <laughs> I slipped badly and was taken to hospital <laughs> and was kept in Ward Prowse overnight. <laughs> says Canary Mark. You've got nothing to do with weddings, no, but, but we know good. where you're going with that, Mark. We, okay, if you want to expand it, then we'll keep going. We'll keep going down that route. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You've been getting in touch um, about. Um, it, look, it's all got very silly. If you've just joined us, you'll be wondering what the hex. Uh, going on this afternoon, but uh, Kian and Dewsbury Hall was the springboard for you telling us about uh, where you proposed to your other half and uh, where you held your wedding because a number of people have, have, are interested in booking Kian and Dewsbury Hall yeah. for their wedding. Uh, he's the Leicester player. Um, I had a, a lovely weekend break at Courtney. Well, it's not really house, is it? Um, said so <laughs> depends how you check the pronunciation. Don't, don't so David pronunciation. doesn't really work. <laughs> um, and uh, Tom Malone says everyone says our wedding was a big success. I think it's because we had a free Denver bar. So there we are. He's taken in a slightly <laughs> different good. direction. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Greg Lansdowne, who's the author of a new book on the wonderful world of uh, panini mm. stickers, he's here shortly. Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport with Green King Pubs. Download the season ticket app for great offers and chances to win every week. Green King, your home of pub sports. As a builder, you quote on a job, but often get a shock when you pay for your materials. But not at Travis Perkins. With their trade essentials range, they constantly check their prices on all the stuff we need most. Right now, they've got Thistle Multi-Finish Plaster, just £5.69 a bag, and C2KS Simpson Wall Starter Kits, 2.4 metre, 8.99 each. Get these online, on the app or in branch. With Travis Perkins Trade Essentials, they check the prices, so I can crack on. Travis Perkins, doing what matters for the trade. 
prices X 20% back. Dell's Black Friday event has arrived and it's the perfect time to step up your creativity and save up to 50% on the latest tech. Get more done with the latest XPS and Alienware systems featuring Intel Core processors, intelligent performance with 11th gen Intel Core i7, plus save on top monitors and accessories all with great financing options. Shop Dell's biggest sale of the year today at dell.co.uk slash Black Friday. Limited availability, so hurry while stocks last. T's and C's apply. This is just your local unfriendly burglar looking for his next home to break into. He sees a house and he thinks, ooh, this looks very nice indeed. But then he notices the home is protected by Swan security cameras and he walks away. With Swan security, you can prevent crime, not be the victim of one. Latest products include the Extreme Wireless Camera, Enforcer 4K Ultra HD security systems and a brand new Swan Buddy Smart Video Doorbell. Available today at curries.co.uk with £50 off. Turn your home sweet home into a home safe home with Swan Security. Get your free £5 ACCO with Boyle Sports ACCO loyalty. Place five £5 ACCOs across any sports and Boyle Sports will give you a sixth one free. Download the Boyle Sports betting app today. Also available for Boyle Extra customers in your nearest Boyle Sports shop. Boyle Sports. This is betting. 18 plus, five legs or more per ACCO. Minimum combined odds, three to one. See boylesports.com forward slash promotions for full terms and conditions. Bet responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Disney's 60th animated classic arrives. Are you ready? Experience it fully in cinemas. From the creators of Frozen and the musical minds behind Moana. Let's go! Critics agree it's one of the best Disney films of the modern era. I will save the magic. Wait, how do I save the magic? Disney's Encanto. Don't miss it in cinemas now. Drive on TalkSport with WeBuyAnyCar.com. Double-headed drive-time debate that's fast. That's the name of the game, it's football. Furious. He's only doing it to wind me up. You don't really believe And fanatical about football. Normally I agree with you, but I think you've lost the plot. <laughs> Get more Goal Talk to the Gallon on the radio show that's guaranteed to go the distance. Drive. This afternoon from 4 on TalkSport with WeBuyAnyCar.com. Join over 2.5 million happy customers by entering your reg number now. Talk Sports Sports Headlines with Bostic, a leading brand in construction for over 130 years. For high-performance building chemicals and waterproofing systems you can rely on. Trust Bostic. Steve tells us Andy promotes to his uh, wife while they were on top of Mason Mount. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely spot to do it, really. As we say, the pictures are always <laughs> impressive. Anyway, the picture's very impressive in our next guest book. Panini Football Stickers, the official celebration. We'll be chatting to him shortly. Don't forget, 4 o'clock. It's Andy Goldstein and Darren Bent with Drive, but let's get the sport with Toby Gillies. Good afternoon. Southampton have apologised for the club's failure to protect its young players from convicted paedophile Bob Higgins during the 70s and 80s. A review into the club's actions says it persistently failed them. Jurgen Klopp says Ralph Rangnick's arrival in the Premier League will be bad news for the rest of the clubs. Manchester United are hoping to finalise Rangnick's appointment as interim manager in the next 48 hours. And confirmation that Ben Chilwell has suffered what's described as a partial ACL injury. Thomas Tuttle says the knee problem will keep him out for at least six weeks. International cricket returns to TalkSport 2. TalkSport 2 is the only place to hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the first test match between New Zealand and India, live from Green Park, Kampur. And he's just hit through the line for six. Featuring a big-hitting commentary lineup, including Neil Manthorpe, Jarrod Kimber, Steve Harmison and Gareth Batty. Bowling! There's no doubt about it! It's 
one. Exclusive ball by ball commentary of India versus New Zealand live from Kampur continues tomorrow morning from four. Exclusively on Talksport Two. Listen on DAB Plus online and via the Talksport app. This is a lovely Christmas present we have in our hands for oh, dads. Yes. I'd say for dad, or you know, because it's a bit of nostalgia in there. It's a Panini football stickers, the official celebration of a nostalgic journey through the world of Panini. And it has been put together by uh, Greg Lansdowne. Good afternoon, Greg. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Yes, lovely book. I mean, it's it's sort of full colours you'd expect, and you go through the different albums of different vintages. How many how many uh, colour pictures did you say you had of the stickers? About uh, I haven't counted them, but I, I think there are about two thousand images on wow. there, and uh, all all different. So no no doubles on this occasion. And you give us a nice history of, of the Panini sticker and the company at the start of the book. What do you think the appeal is of, of these things? I think in in terms of why they're successful now and they were successful 60 years ago, collecting Panini stickers is the same experience in 1961-62 as it is in for, for the Premier League album that comes out uh, in, in a couple of weeks. You open your packets, then you build up a community with your friends, trying to swap everybody with a common goal, trying to fill the album. Some people getting one over on the other and uh, that, that making their day at school or down the office these days mm. with, uh, with, with, with older people collecting. And, uh, and, and um, because it's Panini, you, you know what you're going to get, uh, a standardised album where you've got all the right players with the, with the right kits, whereas some of the other manufacturers in the old days, they are a bit, uh, bit dubious with, with some of the stickers that they put. It, but with, with Panini, you know you're going to get a great product. Yeah. The expectations were different. I mean, kids expect a whole lot more now, you, you seem to think. And it's like, this is analogue in a digital age, but they still love it and it still works. Yeah, I mean, Panini, <clears throat> have uh, they, they are keeping up with the times. Yeah. They, they do do digital collections. Uh, cards are very popular now. Uh, they're even into their NFTs. Uh, but I was going to just about to ask yeah, you. Non-fun- yeah, non-fungible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really? That, 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 that's, that's probably for, for another conversation conversation yeah. NFT I mean as you say this is uh, this is uh, strictly analog with all, all the great haircuts all, all the great moustaches mm. from the from, from the 80s but uh, it, it covers from the 60s to, to now and uh, I think I think there's something for everyone in there do you know who coined the phrase got got needed <laughs> uh, well it, it's uh, it was originally in uh, Italian uh, Cello Cello Manca, I believe. Uh, right. I haven't I haven't pronounced that very well. That's but right. uh, that's where it started. And then it just got adapted into various languages. Actually, people... I mean, obviously, it was kids in the playground. Uh, yeah. that they would either say, got, got need, or got... Not, not got. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It was only about. Uh, I think for the 2014 World Cup that Panini appropriated it for their official Twitter hashtag. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's 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 it is one of the uh, the phrases that that's in, that's synonymous with Panini. Is there a one? Uh, you looked at different collections that we said throughout the ages. Is there one very coveted collection uh, here? There's a bit of a holy grail. Of yeah, it's, it's it's Mexico 70. Right. Uh, and the reason, especially in the UK, the reason for that is that uh, it wasn't distributed very, very well mm. in the UK. So, so many, so, so few people have it. So, uh, so some of the individual stickers and cards go for about a thousand pounds alone. Wow. First that, one I collected, that was, yeah, yeah, I remember. I mean, so I, is that the, the most valuable one? Yeah. Would be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sad in some ways. You say in the book that probably the best way, to, the most valuable uh, way of keeping, if you're looking to, to you know, get some value out of them down the line, is not to stick the stickers in the book. 
you're right that 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 is sad um and i think over the last couple of years due to the pandemic a lot of north american collectors discovered panini football stickers or soccer to them yeah and all of a sudden they started buying buying up stickers that you could previously get for a couple of pounds and now they're going for a hundred pounds or even more so for instance i I mentioned paul gascoigne's rookie first panini sticker Mm. football 87 you could have got that for a pound a couple of years ago on eBay. Now, if it's in good condition, it will be at least a hundred pounds. Wow, way! Did you meet people who have very comprehensive collections? Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, oh, I, I had true. to rely very much on my own collections. But as as luck would have it, um, in terms of the the classic football seventy eight, football ninety three, I had the majority of them, and the ones that I didn't, uh, Bloomsbury very kindly let me purchase, make make some purchases in on uh, on eBay. So oh, I've, wow. I've actually actually built up my collection by by writing the book. And have you got a favourite collection, Greg? Is there one that, that you love the most? Yeah, um, football seventy nine because mm-hmm. of the 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 silky badges. So for for Panini, we're we're used to the 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 shiny foils. Yeah. Uh, but football seventy nine, they did something a bit different, and um, they it was a denim like silk finish. Um, unfortunately, they, they when we tried to take them for the book, and they didn't actually come out very uh. well. So there there is one on the front cover of the album, which which you can see. But um, I, I had a talk at um, a place called the the Tap in Elephant and Castle last week, and and there were a couple of uh, Panini representatives there, and that they hinted that there's a possibility they may bring those badges back. Ah, what's the biggest market uh, globally? Was I mean, you, you've got them from around the world. Where where were they most popular? Well, I think. You've, you've got to say Europe uh, is, is yeah. it's where it started and you, you've, you've got the likes of uh, Italy, um, UK, Spain, France. Germany big been, as well. Yeah, Panini don't actually do the uh, the, the domestic album there right. at the moment, but uh, they, they have still got a great history uh, and obviously they've got the World Cup and the, the Euros that they go. But, I mean, South America is also massive. In, in, in the Brazil 2014 World Cup, there was a, a lorry with about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of Panini stickers that got that got hijacked. That's how that's how desperate they are. Well, it's a huge business. Reading the book, they employ twelve hundred people, don't they? Which is a lot. You'd imagine there's nothing like that for some reason. I don't know why. But well, they've got um, they've got headquarters now in Italy, which they've had for for sixty years. But they've also got them in South America yeah. and uh, North America. And uh, I mean, North America when it comes to sports collectibles. That really is the uh, is is the mecca. Um, baseball cards was probably where it really started in America, but but now it's a that there's hundreds of uh, sports card shops in America, whereas we've just got one in Brighton at the moment. But ho- hopefully that will grow. Everybody's going to dig out their '87 yeah. Gaza, I would think. Uh, and just finally, there's women's collections as well, isn't it? Uh, the World Cups have been doing the women's World Cups as well, haven't they? Yeah, they've done they've done three women's World Cups and one Euro so far. So mm. so some some people might say, well. Um, there's there's only three women on the back and front cover at the moment, but if you think about it, that that's probably actually over representation in yeah. terms of the albums. But if if I was to do this again in ten years, I'm sure there would be far more women on there. Yeah. Well, it's a lovely book, Greg, and I'm yeah, done. Well done. Done. yeah, people are going to love it. I'm sure for uh, Christmas, much. it's definitely one for your dad. You can spend uh, hours ploughing through this. So it's um, it's uh, Panini football stickers, the official celebration by Greg Lansdowne, a nostalgic journey through the world of Panini. 
Mancini, published by Bloomsbury Sport and uh, is out now. You'll find it in all good bookshops, Amazon, etc. Good to see you, Greg. Thanks, Thanks for having in. me on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You've been getting in touch um, about... Um, look, it's all got very silly. If you've just joined us, you'll be wondering what the heck's... Uh, going on this afternoon, but uh, Kian and Dewsbury Hall was the springboard for you telling us about uh, where you proposed to your other half and uh, where you held your wedding because a number of people have, have, are interested in booking Kian and Dewsbury Hall yeah. for their wedding. Uh, he's the Leicester player. Um, I had a, a lovely weekend break at Courtney. Well, it's not really house, is it? Um, so it depends how you check the pronunciation. Don't, don't so the David pronunciation. doesn't really work. Um, and uh, Tom Malone says, everyone says our wedding was a big success. I think it's because we had a free Denver bar. So there we are. He's taken it in a slightly <laughs> different good. direction. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, time to talk uh, American sport now, as always, with our man Todd Macklin. Good afternoon, Todd. Hey boys. Well, we're going to start with uh, with the NBA and uh, last Sunday, big fallout in the game between the Lakers and the Pistons, and uh, LeBron James was uh, ejected, wasn't he? Uh, he was, but I've never seen a sportsman lose it like Isaiah yeah. Stewart. I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen them go mad, but that was just incredible. Before we talk about it, let's give you a flavour of what went on. Um, you really need to watch it to see just how much he, he lost it. He kept coming back to try and get at LeBron James, saying, I'm OK, I'm fine, I've calmed down. And when they'd let him go, he'd run <laughs> after him again. But this is just a little bit of the commentary from the night. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Stewart and LeBron... Stewart is hot, and everybody's coming out now. Yeah, he must have caught an elbow or something, but... Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of blood streaming from the side of the eye. Look, here goes Stewart. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, man, it man, it was a, a lot of damage. Mouth, yeah. cheek, eye. It looked like a boxer's cut, Todd, didn't it? It was a bad one. Yeah, it did. And and listen, basketball is not supposed to be a contact sport. But if you if but if you watch the play and if you watch enough NBA, you'll realize it does get very physical. So, uh, you know, when there's a foul shot, there's a lot of kind of pushing and shoving between the, the biggest guys on the court to try to try and get position for a rebound off a missed shot. And that's what happened here with LeBron and Isaiah Stewart. Now, was it reckless by LeBron? Yeah. I don't think he mean to, he meant to hurt him or hit him. But you're fighting. You're kind of grabbing the other guy, kind of fighting for position. LeBron is one of the strongest guys in the league. And his, he kind of got his arm free and trying to push Stewart away. He caught him in the eye. Um, and as you said, the, the uh, kind of the, the theatrics of Stewart was what made everyone take notice mm. of this. As you said, it was like a wrestling match, yeah. you know, where it's all kind of choreographed and it was like, you know, hold me back and then you go at him and then you're holding him back and then you go at him. Uh, so you mentioned LeBron got you know, kicked out of the game only the second time in his career he got kicked out of the game. But he was uh, given a one-game suspension for it. Stewart, remember the guy who got hit, was given a two-game suspension wow. because of what you mentioned, Paul, him kind of constantly trying to go back at LeBron. Yeah. He's had an event for week, LeBron James, because mm. on Wednesday um, they played the Pacers and he had a fantastic night. He's got 39 points. Uh, but then had a couple of people uh, kicked out, didn't he? Fan, fans ejected from the court side. 
Yeah, not the first time he's had that done. And, you know, for all you can say about LeBron, a lot of people say he is very thin-skinned. So you can get to him, you know, for fans at the game. Oh, and that once you know you've got to a player, guys, I don't care what the sport is, you're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's why fans keep doing it. Should say, too, guys, the rematch between the Pistons and Lakers, Isaiah Stewart and LeBron, will be this Sunday night um, <laughs> in L.A. So uh, it, it, it'll be something to watch. It's funny. I don't expect anything. Unlike ice hockey, where you would expect some sort of fight, or baseball, where you'd expect the pitcher to throw at the hitter, I don't think you're going to get something like that this Sunday night. Wow, you like but those seats are the yeah. really expensive, the courtside seats. It's not like yep. they got thrown out from the cheap seats or something like that. So they can't have been happy, those people. But well, who knows what they yeah, do? Yeah, who knows? They said stuff. He said it. What they said went beyond just you know a joshing of an of an opponent. But anyway. Um, the Army play the Navy uh, uh, football uh, every year and there seems there's a bit of a tradition of the Army trying to kidnap the Navy's uh, goat mascot but it went pear-shaped. They got the wrong goat, Todd, apparently. Yeah, they, they kidnapped a retired goat, the retired mascot. I didn't know there were retired goat mascots. Hey, the things you learn being on this show. Yeah. But yes, they... they the, the retired mascot was kidnapped by the Army cadets. So listen, guys, no truth to the rumor that those cadets have not been heard from since. I'm joking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it I guess it broke a, a code. So they've been going back and forth where they try and steal the, the other team's mascot before the big game. Um, and I guess years ago, they, they kind of called the truce. And I guess this broke the code. So Navy's been kind of saying, hey, you know, this broke the code. This is not what's supposed to happen. Mm. So we'll wait to see the fallout. The game between the two of them, and it is the biggest game of all the kind of military institutions in the U.S. The game is December 11th uh, between uh, Army and Navy. Wow. Now, um, it, it was uh, Thanksgiving, uh, mm. and they had the Thanksgiving game. And um, well, three games there. Three actually. games, but mm. there's all the Lions always. The Detroit Lions mm. always have to play on Thanksgiving Day. And it's a bit of a running joke, and there's a fair bit of heat around it, and people taking the Mickey, and uh, including Bill Maher, who's fine show uh, real time, uh, talked about it in his new rules section. Listen to this. New rule. Let's end the tradition where one of the football teams on Thanksgiving Day has to be the Detroit Lions. For a very important reason. Pretending that this is a must-see game is key to how we avoid talking to our families for three hours. (laughs) It's hard to tell Uncle Phil, you know, I'd love to learn more about how the Rothschilds are microchipping Trump supporters, but the lions are on. I mean, he's gullible. He's not that gullible. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, it's always the lions, and and, uh, true to form, they lost again, didn't they? They did. They lost uh, with a field goal uh, with one second left in the game. So they lost to the Bears. And I think 2016 is the last time they won on on Thanksgiving. So the tradition goes back, guys, to 1934. The owner of the Lions then is credited with saying, hey, we have a chance to, I would like us to play on a holiday. So before that, you didn't play on a holiday. And he's been credited with saying, hey, let we would like the chance to play on the holiday. Now, let's be honest, guys. The holidays now are about sports. Every holiday has a sporting event on it. Hmm. So I think the NFL is kind of saying, hey, here's a guy who had a great idea that we're now all using. So we owe them the, the tradition of being on, on Thanksgiving. You know, they are losing late, but sports is like that. Like, they're in a bad time, are the Lions. And it has been kind of for about the last two decades. 
but it probably isn't always going to be like this. At some point, fingers crossed, they're going to be good again, and they won't be the butt of all these jokes. The Cowboys also, since 1966, they've been kind of a regular fixture hmm. on the holidays and they on Thanksgiving, and they lost again. Uh. So, you know. <laughs> Give it time. The Lions will win again, I'm hoping, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, sticking with Thanksgiving, they were a lot of the players and coaches were asked about what they have at the Thanksgiving table. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they just sort of went through a list of food. But uh, a guy called Matthew Juden, who uh, plays for the Patriots, an outside linebacker, he he got he went into one during the press conference uh, when he was asked, and he's, he violently opposed to one of the side dishes. This is what he said. We gotta get macaroni and cheese out the table. All right, guys, I'm getting on my soap opera. It's just cheese and noodles, and it's not that good. Get a macaroni and cheese off the table, and it'd be a much better Thanksgiving for everybody in the house. And you know how they say, like, oh, your taste buds change every seven years. Uh, you just gotta every try every time I try it, it's the same thing, and it's never gonna change, and it's never gonna get better. If you want to have a good Thanksgiving. Don't cook macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Strangely. Really I love the bothered. idea that he's getting on his soap opera. Yeah, he's getting on his soap opera. Yes. It really bothered him, didn't it, that? I didn't realize this was such a big deal, but this year I saw multiple people talking about macaroni and cheese and should it be a part of Thanksgiving. I, I never knew this was a debate. It obviously wasn't a traditional dish, that, but recently has become a, a staple for a lot of people for Thanksgiving in the U.S. and But just as passionate as this guy was, I've heard passionate people the other way uh, saying it has to be a part of Thanksgiving. Wow. So it's crazy that it's mac and cheese that has divided so many people on Thanksgiving. Divided a nation. I've got a weakness for that disgusting American macaroni cheese that comes in a box with that orange, that fluorescent orange sauce. It's, really? It should be disgusting. Craft dinner. Yeah, that's the one. Dinner? I The craft yeah. dinners. Oh, oh wow. It. You love them. Yeah. Okay. Why well, so healthy? I have to get you some sent over, Andy. <laughs> hey, you um, can buy them. I found a place that sells them here. Oh, okay. Nice one, Tom. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you, boys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, Andy, we do it all again on Monday. You're looking forward to Picking it. over the football uh, and lots more besides. Uh, do hope you can join us then uh, from one. If not, the podcast will be available at four. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.